writing you up a ticket. A ticket? Are you serious? Who the fuck are you, shitwad? Let me apologize for my friend here. I'm very sorry. I'm really glad you're here. We've had a rough night. You know the show Doogie Howser, MD? Yeah, it's a great show. God, I love that show. Doogie. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris stole my car tonight. Hey, NPH wouldn't do that, right? Give me some ID. The Dave Doskow Podcast. Apparently, I startled Selena with a good evening, everybody. And let me tell you, if you can startle a cat, you've really done a hell of a job. Nothing faces a cat. Nothing. Especially the plot when she's staring at me, knowing how can I finish him off? Oh, that's what they do. That's what lions would do. My cat's always trying to kill me. Sure, she snuggles now, but later, what is she thinking? Dave Juskow is the greatest podcast show, and here we go with another episode of the Dave Juskow Show. Dave Juskow. J E T S Jets 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 You know I shouldn't have opened the show with the Jets theme because um you know the little J E T S which I'm gonna have to turn down and post because it started too high. And I wanna blow out anybody's eardrums. Um Because I'm going down tonight I'm taping this on Thursday, November twelfth. Jets are playing the Bills tonight. I don't want to talk about it too much because then tomorrow when I'm listening, I'm going to be like, why did I mention the Jets when they stink? Listen, I'm a true Jets fan. I know they're going to blow it somehow, but I'm hoping. I still have hope. I mean, Jesus, how did the Jets sell any tickets during the time when they stunk? Because we had hope. Hope that maybe one day things are going to go our way like they did for the New England Patriots. Oh, those many years ago when the Jets actually were the ones that mowed in. I think it was Mo Green to Drew Bledsoe, got him injured, and a little lone quarterback named Tom Brady took over and ruined the Jets for the next 20 years. Oh, Tom Brady. It's like the worst thing that could ever happen. Not only is he like perfect looking, but he's like, you know, humble. Like, you know, you don't see commercials with him or anything. It wouldn't be like Peyton Manning in your face if you hated Peyton Manning, because I don't think anybody hates Peyton Manning. I don't know. I mean, I guess unless you're in this division, right? I mean, he's obviously a dick, Tom Brady, you know, because he cheats, but um, you know, then he marries like the, the greatest supermodel of all time, and he's got super babies. I mean, it's just like really in your face. Without being in your face. The opposite of Peyton Manning. Chicken parm, you taste so good. <laughs> I love Peyton Manning. Mm. I was very angry that uh, they lost to the Colts this weekend. Very angry. All I want them to do is shove it in the fucking Colts' face. That like, you fucked up. You let me go. And now he's doing so well with the Broncos. And then they, they keep beating him. It's really annoying. It must be, you know... Ugh. 
I just want him to win it all. I really want him to win it all and go out on top. Who doesn't want that to happen for? I wanted it to happen for Elway. I want it to happen for Manning. And I really want it to happen. But I have other things on my mind. Again, I have no financial gain from it, so really, what do I care? I don't know why I... You know, unless I'm gambling, what the, what the fuck do I care if the Jets win or not? How's that going to affect my day? But it does! I am a fan, I guess, because even without the gambling, because then I can't even listen to the radio when they lose. But I can't wait to listen to the sports stations when they win. I don't know if they're going to win tonight. I really don't want to talk about it, but I will tell you that right after this podcast, I came home really quick. I had a lot of stuff going on. I was supposed to do it Wednesday. Then I was, no, I was supposed to see um, Spectre, Bond movie Wednesday. Something came up, so I didn't get to see it yet. God damn it. And um, now the Jets were playing today. I completely forgot. Like, I was like, wait a minute. What am I going to not watch the Jets game? Of course I'm going to watch the Jets game. Kenny's going, we're going down to Maxwell's. We're going to watch the game there. It's going to be awesome. So I'm not doing the podcast quickly. I'm just saying I'm doing the podcast. And then I'm going to go on. Oh, I left my uh, thing. I got stopped in the, you know, I got home really quick and I got stopped in the hallway because they're finally, finally, after 20 years in this goddamn building, they're installing Fios. Or they put it in. It's installed. It's ready to go. It's so funny. I'm like, okay, I've been waiting for such a long time. I see people on the street, at, at, at street fairs, at functions, and I'm like, well, where the fuck am I getting files? Like, oh, well, uh, you know, and I'm like, why are you fucking sitting out here if I can't get files, you motherfucker? I get so angry. Where the fuck is my files? <laughs> now, I have no idea whether it's going to be better than Time Warner, but everybody hates Time Warner. I mean, everybody hates. But you know what you hate the most? No choices. I have no choice. I must choose Time Warner because that's all I've had my entire life from college. I've never had a choice. Like downtown, you had a choice of Time Warner or RCN cable, and uptown there was some sort of choice. But here there's never been a choice. Everybody, I, I can't get direct TV. I'm facing the wrong way. I've been trying to get satellite for years, especially when I used to be on the Artie Lang show. I could have watched myself on television. That would have been nice finally get on television I can't even watch and I have every channel you kidding me you kidding I'm taking some more coffee mm. I brewed my own coffee I'm exhausted I brewed my own coffee I usually never have a second cup but I wanted to I wanted to get hyped up for the Jets hanging out tonight I even put some sugar in the coffee so it's delicious now normally I don't drink the coffee with sugar because I have so much sugar during the day I'm pretty sure I'm going to be diabetic sooner or later that, you know, at least with coffee, I don't have sugar. And I impress everybody, like, you want sugar? No, no, no. Oh, no. Meanwhile, they don't see me have, like, you know, a huge bowl of Lucky Charms and add in extra marshmallows. I think I told you about that last time. I bought a whole package of extra freeze-dried marshmallows that I can add in. So when I'm trying to look cool because I don't drink sugar in my coffee, I'm like, no, no, cutting back, cutting back. You know, you don't see me at home and like three huge bowls of Lucky Charms at the end of the night before I go to bed, which is even worse. It's probably why I have a stomachache today. Although I didn't have any today. I don't know what caused my stomach. I had a sandwich. I had a sandwich. With, I had turkey, roast beef, and some horseradish sauce. But I don't think that's what did it. I, I always have a stomachache from the sandwich. I always have a stomachache from this sandwich, from this deli. I, maybe it's this deli. I don't know. That's what I'm afraid to eat, but I knew I was like coming right home. So, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you know what the worst part is? You know, I use baby wipes, right? On my butt. Now, I've been... Now, with baby wipes, when you use that instead of toilet paper, I use a combination of baby wipes and toilet paper. Now, in the 90s, this kid, Gary Rosen, who's actually been very, uh, you know, friend of the show, 
he's a sports agent in the city and um he's a good man he told me about baby wipes in the 90s and he's like oh they're gonna change your life and i'm like bulls what do you fucking know about anything jerk off i can't go anywhere without baby wipes you know now now i can't really use regular toilet paper i get you know you know what i'm saying problem with it. baby wipes are the greatest thing that's ever happened so Sarah needed a bunch of baby wipes when she was here last time, which I do on the road too. I usually buy a whole pack, and you know, then you get embarrassed when you've gone through a whole pack in a week. Um, you're like, oh, "Do you have any more?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I got a, got a stack of them." So I ordered some more instantly online, and it came. Remember, I told you I just haven't had time because I'm just lazy. I have all those boxes in the back. One of them has extra baby wipes. I refuse to open it. That's how lazy I am. Or I'm just like, I, or I can't wait to open these boxes, and I, I really want some time to open. It's going to be so exciting when I pull out all the 500 carton of baby wipes. The hell's the matter with me? All I got to do is open one of those boxes, but I don't know which one it's in. <laughs> it's like a game. <laughs> I opened one of them. It was like a small one just to see what was in it. Uh, what was it? I can't remember. It was exciting. No, it wasn't exciting. Was it exciting? Oh, it was um, shaving cream. A new form I bought uh, called Kiss My Face. <laughs> yeah, I bought some shaving cream. It's called Kiss My Face. I actually want to go to a store and order that. Yeah, you got kiss my face. Hey, kiss my face. Uh, sir, can I help you? Kiss my face. Do you sell it? <laughs> oh, my God. I could do that a hundred times over. <laughs> kiss my face. I'm um, Sir, I don't know what you're talking about. Kiss my fucking face. Do you sell it here at this store? Oh, kiss my face. Oh, the product. Yeah, what the fuck do you think I'm talking about, jerk? Oh, <laughs> like the jerky voice. I'm going to come down there with my tool belt. I'm going to fuck you up real good. I'm cursing a lot today. Must be this coffee. I'm cursing up a storm. I'm like a sailor out here. Hello, people. <laughs> How are you? So, yeah, um... I don't know, this Fios thing, right? What am I going to do? I was just taking a look at all the channels. So they tell you get the ultimate package, and it's all about the Red Zone channel. You know I got the problem to say, do I, I have a whole bunch of stuff on my DVR I haven't caught up on yet, and I'm usually very good about that, and I don't mind just starting fresh. Do I get it? Like, do I get the files like next week, all the way? All that stuff will be gone. For who cares, right? Who cares? The shows I want to watch, I've been watching. I'm saving up stuff that I'm like, eh, I got lukewarm feelings towards. So I'm like, eh, if I miss it, I'm really not going to care. I'm caught up on Limitless. I'm caught up on the blacklist. The only other issues I really give a shit about, kind of excited about. And the blacklist only this year because they spaded it up. Lizzie, listen, listen, Lizzie. I'm telling you, this year on the blacklist, we've got to do something special to catch the audience off guard. And I think there needs to be more, and how can I put this, me, more James Spader, less Lizzie, because Lizzie... Although a very nice person is a horrible actress. That's him uh, talking to the other producers of the show. In case you were wondering about my, my bit. What's this bit he's doing? Oh, I think he's doing Spader talking to the other producers. Now, what I think we should do is make... First of all, I'd like to make Lizzie a blonde. Can we do that? Because I think she'd be very sexy as a blonde. And then just more me and more speeches. More about, like, the environment and, um, you know, gay rights. That's what the blacklist needs. Am I right? And what's this blind spot? It's taking my, 
my <laughs> got nothing. The worst improviser ever. It's taking my accolades. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I was looking at the FiOS thing. They give you, you know, it's the same thing, but it's not going to knock $100 off my cable bill. Um, but it's all about the Red Zone channel. They they still just will not offer the fucking Red Zone channel with a regular pack. And they'll open it with, if I get the ultimate package, I get the Red Zone channel. The Red Zone channel, I only need it for a month more. So aren't I better off just finishing that and going for a lower package that'll cost me $30 less a month? Not worrying about the Red Zone channel. Just get it when it comes up again. So fucked up. It's that Red Zone channel. I mean, it's fucking great. You know what? I, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that the NFL wants to charge more because I, the fact that that exists, that the fucking Red Zone channel exists, the worst part about football and watching a game at your house on a Sunday when you don't have all the rest of the games to cut to is commercials. I can't sit through the commercials. It's annoying. So here you have they're just showing you live the best part of the football game when somebody's crossed over the 50 because football's fucking boring if it's not, you know, anything happening. And, and, and no commercials. And they seem cutting back and forth, cutting back and forth. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened. No commercials. It's fantastic. I mean, it really, really is. And I'm telling you, around 3.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday, I don't think there's any more a better reality show than that, 3.30 to 4.30 or 3.30 to about 4.15 on a Sunday, every Sunday during football season, that stupid Red Zone channel is worth every penny. You guys know who've been watching it. If you haven't watched it, I mean, it really is. Even if you don't like football, I guarantee if you don't like football, if you're a man or a woman, you can't not be overwhelmed by the greatness of... My cat's going crazy. Did she have coffee? <laughs> She's like going up around the chairs and playing music. She's going to every chair, but then she sticks her head up for a second, which is like, the, you know, like, hello. Like, they used to have Calvin and Hobbes, and Calvin would always be seated at the table where you could just see his head, and the rest of the family was up, and it was so cute. You would just see his head, and then he would burp. And then he's like, and they're like, what do you say? Must be a barge coming through. And they're like, what, did you, what do you say? Tasted better going down than it did coming up. What do you say? I don't know. That's the one I remember for some reason. He was so cute. Calvin. That was the best comic strip ever, that guy. Mm. It's so funny, you know, when you think about comic strips, and comic strips are like... I used to talk about comic strips in my act. You know, doing air quotes. Um, but when I used to do, you know, heavy stand-up, I used to talk about the comic strips and how fucking lame they were, you know? Because the bad ones survive to this day and the people's sons and not daughters the people's sons have taken over you know like Beetle Bailey High and Lois even you know the Peanuts for a period of time um, the, the people's sons the relatives have taken over Hagar or whatever you know those guys are are long either dead or whatever Blondie their sons take over I mean it's like it's so hard it was so hard at a time to get a comic strip into the paper and then, you know, that's why you only see the same ones. It's so rare you get a new one, but who even reads the comics anymore? I don't, even old man Jessica does not read the comics anymore. Um, but it's so funny, the really good ones, the ones that were the best of the best, those guys just uh, stopped doing it because they could because they had the thing that Calvin and Hobbes, he's just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out. Bloom County, which was really good. Done, done. Doonesbury stopped for a while. Then he came back. He's like, eh, you gonna do something. 
but most of the really good ones that you've heard of that were that were not you know fucking family circus which was such a bag of crap and stupid um I used to make fun of that. I used to draw my own cartoons. I wasn't good at drawing, but I'd take the family circus and then make, make, them, make them naughty. I just hated it so much. It used to drive me crazy. Remember they'd have those ghosts, the family circus? Um, who did it? Not me. And then the ghost, not me, would be sitting around. Or Ida, no. And I'm like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. I wrote to Bob Kane a couple of times. Bill Kane, I think his name was, whatever. I think Bob Kane created Batman. <laughs> I'd like to write to that guy. You're awesome. You're awesome. But yeah, it's like once in a while, like I heard the Daily News was going to go out of print, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, what, what if one day on a Sunday I feel like going down and reading the comics? I mean, I kind of want to do that. Like, just pick up the comics. I, I bet you nobody's read the comics in years. Yeah, you know, that anybody's listening. With the sound of my voice. Kind of fascinating. I don't remember why I bought it up. And if you're listening, you're probably like, I remember why, Jerkov. <laughs> I can't remember now. I went on a major tangent there. I was talking about Calvin and Hobbes. That's what it was, yeah. That was such a great comic. The guy just stopped. I think, he, I think he's still alive. I mean, he really stopped. He wouldn't even make cartoons. He would. He was anything Charles Schultz did, he did the opposite. He stopped before it got old. And let me tell you, at the end, Charles Schultz had no idea. Was, you know, but... What are you going to do? Guy's a fucking living legend. They just let him do whatever he was going to do. Oh, it was horrible at the end. Horrible. Now they still have classic peanuts in the paper. How could you not? What's the Sunday comics without the peanuts? The peanuts movie apparently kicked ass. Uh, Not as much as Spectre, but it did pretty good. And it was smart to put it out during Spectre. It's a completely different audience. kind of want to see it. Who am I kidding? I love those specials. You know, I always use it. You know, it's, it's interesting. The um, Charlie Brown Christmas special, which is, should be on any day now. Very fascinating. Now, all these specials are horrid, technically. But they, when we were kids, leave a lasting impression. I mean, everybody knows, I got a piece of candy. I got a piece of gum. I got a rock. I mean, we all know that line from the Halloween special. Charlie Brown, the ultimate loser. I mean, so fucking sad <laughs> the way they treat him. He seems like an okay guy. Why are they so mean to him? Um, but I get it, and uh, you know it's okay. But they're not great. The music's good, but they're they're all weird and they're strange. But um, that Christmas one, I'm always and I think I talk about it every year. This Charles Schultz was pretty badass in a sense. I was angry at him later on, you know, just because I wish he would retire. But you know, when he made that Christmas special in the '60s, he had. You know, he has Linus have this big speech about what Christmas means to him and, and Jesus and and why it's so important, not just Santa and all that stuff, but the real true meaning of Christmas. He's trying to get that across. And the censors, of course, didn't want him to make, they wanted him to make it non-denominationally. You know, they, they don't want to offend anybody. Um, and he fought for it. And he was like, no, go fuck you. I'm doing a Christmas special. I'm a devout Catholic, and I want to tell about the true meaning of Christmas because the entire, the entire show, the entire television show, the reason we're doing this, the the you know quote jokes I've written, the script that I've written, could you know, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, is about the commercialization of Christmas. So it is it very important 
that I have somebody talk about the true meaning of Christmas. That is the entire gag of what I'm trying to say here. And he fought the network, and uh, they put it on, they did it. And now it is really messed up. You know, when you see it now, and everybody's so uptight about anything. You know, I mean, look what's happening. Donald Trump is so angry at Starbucks. They're taking away our Christmas. What's happening here? And I agree with them on that. I agree with them. Put the fucking shit on the box. We, we, the Jewish people, we get it. We get Christmas. No, we, we don't care. It's not bothering me if there's a bunch of Christmas decorations and saying on it. That, you know, who cares? But, uh, yeah, so Charles uh, Schultz was badass, and he told the networks, he's like, no, fuck you, I'm doing it. <laughs> curse like a sailor. <laughs> I can't help it. I don't know why. You know, usually I don't really curse that much on the podcast because, um, you know, you really should, you should save it for when it's, you know, important. But, uh, yeah. I do look forward to seeing it. It's so sad. Oh, those movies were so horrible. I remember seeing them in the theater, uh, whatever your good man, whatever, with the spelling bee. They're, they're so slow. And Snoopy come home. Oh, my God. That might have been the saddest thing I've ever seen. Oh, God. Oh, he was horrible at those movies. That was the saddest fucking thing. He couldn't live in that. Remember? No dogs allowed. Or birds. Everywhere he was going, he couldn't get anywhere. He was supposed to go back to the Daisy Hill puppy farm. Where he was, oh, my God, it was so goddamn sad. Everybody's crying. I'm like, what the hell kind of thing is this? You know, I get it. There's one sad scene in a movie. Like, you know, Pixar gets it. And there's one scene where it's like a little, you know, serious, which is great. But the whole movie was just this sad undertone. I don't know what this Charles Schultz went through. Maybe he was in the Holocaust. Well, clearly not. He must have been on the other side. He's just fighting to talk about how great Jesus is in the television specials. So. <laughs> was he, um, maybe he was on the other side as Car- Cardinal Schultz. <laughs> I see nothing, Schultz. Oh, that's the greatest show ever. Mm. So, Friday after we left, I went to the Devil's Game. And um, I bought two of my friends, Mary Edgerton and this uh, Indian girl, uh, <laughs> very nice, pretty girl, Samantha. I bought, you know, two girls with me, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I know the owner. It's cool. So, you know, I know the owner. Today there was an article in the Daily News about uh, David's, uh, David Blitzer, who's my uh, cousin, about his partner who lands his helicopter in the soccer field so he can get to Newark without any traffic. And I don't know why that's news because he does it all the time because he purchased that soccer field so he could land the plane. He goes, listen, I just need to land the plane on it um, on weekday games at around 7 o'clock, and you can have the soccer field every other day. You just got to stop the games. for. But I'm buying you this field, and I'm buying you some sports equipment. And everybody's like, what the? Why are you stopping the game? But that was the deal. Listen, you got the money. You make a deal. They say, okay, can't get mad about it now. How is that not cool? You don't think I'd be cool if, like, I was in a, a soccer team and then all of a sudden, like, we had to stop for help. Like, I would tell the story when I was older now. I'm like, yeah, we used to have to stop our little league team because um, the owner of the Knicks had to keep landing there, like, during a game. You know, it was kind of cool, actually. You know, we got to see the helicopter and sometimes he'd say hello to everybody. You know? Why is that bad? Be- Unless he's a dick. And he walks out and he's like, yeah, screw all you people. 
I don't know. Anyway, so um, there's a new girl that's working there, so I can't get the, I don't know, the tickets aren't going right or something, and they put me in the Platinum Lounge, which is great usually, but I was like, I know they're partying in the suite. What's the holdup here? And I'm telling you, this guy, David, he's so cool. I email him. I'm like, what the fuck? And I feel like a dick emailing the owner during the fucking game. Hey, where are my unbelievable seats? Remember, I'm the cousin who came out of the woodwork. I want my fair share of stuff that I deserve from uh, a not-blood marriage somehow that I'm your cousin. <laughs> but he's so cool. He's like, I'll be down in a second to catch you. You believe that? The owners. This guy then... So he comes down and he gets us. And then, you know, we'd already eaten in the Platinum Lounge. The food was just okay this time. Usually it's better. Oh, I wish I hadn't eaten because when I went up there, they added bacon to the macaroni and cheese. They added bacon to the macaroni and cheese. It was fantastic. I had to eat some more even though it was full. That's why I had some Jack Daniels. They had candy bacon up there. Chicken parm sliders. Oh, all the stuff I like. I was already full. I was furious. Furious. And all I kept asking, I'm like, listen... Uh, you know, Aunt Judy's uh, birthday is uh, December 7th, and she's having a party here, you know. And uh, can we light the Hanukkah candles? Is it okay to light the Hanukkah candles in the stadium? He's like, oh, I'm going to have to find it. He's like, I don't know about the party. And I'm like, you don't know about the party? He's like, I'm crashing that party. I'm crashing Aunt Judy's party. Aunt Judy's having a party at the Devil's game. <laughs> Aunt Judy. She's the best. She's the best. Yeah, I'm having a party. But my mother's very upset because it's the first night of Hanukkah. She's like, but how are we going to light the candles? I'm like, I'll work it out. I'll work it out. I promise. So we'll just light the candles during the Devils game. And then it'll distract the Devils, and then they'll lose, and then people will blame me. Well, I'm sorry. And then Saturday, uh, Jody was kind enough. She bought a bunch of bacon. The whole story. I think I'm going to call this uh, podcast Bacon. Well, I can't because my mother might see it. But um, she bought all this bacon. And I'll tell you, Jody is the best because this is my neighbor, right? She always cooks me breakfast. And she has it ready. She remembers everything I like. So she has it waiting for me. Coffee, milk, not half and half, no sugar. She knows me. Orange juice and Coke with lemon. How about this one? You believe that? She she knows all my drinks, all the food I like. I mean, she is the best. She was the one who told me, she texted me yesterday, Fires is in the building. Fires is in the building. Harry. And, um... Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, oh, so she got Coke, right? So I'm drinking the Coke, and I'm like, uh, what kind of Coke is this? She goes, oh, it's Coke Zero. Ah, you know, I feel like a dick, you know, like, I was just like, oh, yeah, not interested. Yeah, I can tell. That's how I don't like regular Coke. I don't like the flavor of Diet Coke or Coke Zero. I don't drink that much soda anymore. I really don't. I mean, I really don't. I'm not lying. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't have any sugar in my coffee. No, I, I really try not to drink a lot of soda anymore. And I probably have soda, me, I, I don't even know, maybe once every other week. Um, I mean, I'd love to have it every day. I mean, I try. I do the best I can. I'll tell you something. Again, Jody made this unbelievable lasagna that she gave to me on Tuesday. And it was full. It was a, She made a lot of it. And she put some meatballs in it, too, like on the side. And I came home, and I. it was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, I must have the lasagna. I must. I must. My mouth is watering looking at it. So I have about a... It's full of a plastic, you know, Tupperware thing. And I have like 
not even half of it. Like I'm putting out a lot, but you know, trying to trying to do my best. It's late at night. I eat the thing. It's unbelievable. It's so cheesy. That's my favorite kind of lasagna. Super cheesy. She's like, "Well, there's not a lot of sauce." I'm like, "No, it's okay. I like a lot of sauce on my pizza, but I like my lasagna cheesy." And it's so good. Thinking about it right now, I'm so hungry. I still have some in the refrigerator. I saved it. But what I was thinking was when I was, um, you know, eating it, I'm like, I, I'm like a dog. If that thing was in front of like, if I didn't have to go to bed and, and wake up, like maybe if it was a weekend, <laughs> I would eat that whole thing. I, I wouldn't stop eating. Like it takes so much control to stop. It's like, I'm like, I'm like a dog. Like see cats. They'll stop. They'll be like, yeah, I think I'm full. I'll save some for later. But dog, I'm like a dog. If it's there, I'm gonna, I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to keep eating it. I'm going to make myself sick. And as long as I know that I'm just going to be home, you know, and I can go to the bathroom or whatever, and I have a carton of baby wipes, <laughs> I'm just going to keep eating it. And it was really difficult to not eat it. If it was a Saturday night and I was just home and I knew I was just hanging out watching football Sunday, I think I would have eaten that whole thing. It's a problem. And then that's, that's all I was thinking about. I'm like, I'm like a dog. A dog doesn't know when to stop. He'll overeat until, you know, until there's no more. I'm, I'm an idiot. Like a dog. Dogs are stupid. I mean, clearly, people that might not like cats, but let's face it, they're very bright. They're so bright. I mean, not only do they leave over food, just in case you're not coming home, they'll leave over a couple of bites, you know, whatever, or they take the time eating it through the day. You know, you can just leave out cat food. You can leave them for a couple of days. They f- somehow find where to pee when you set it up and make a duty. Dogs are fucking idiots, right? They eat everything that's out and never stop until it's over. And they 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 will not find a place to pee. They'll pee anywhere they want, you know. But I mean, they're smart enough to know I gotta wait till I go outside, which I think is just fucking torture. Oh God, can you imagine being a dog? And you gotta sit there and wait. God, I really gotta pee, but I I, I really don't want to wake my master. I mean, it's gotta be just like when I had a roommate and he would be in the shower for hours and I'd have to pee so bad and I just have to sit there and wait. Ugh. Yeah, being a dog would be horrible. It's like it's so mean to have a dog in the city, I think, you know? Like at least a big dog. Um I think it's a little cool. There's a, a couple times there's people protesting across that big ho that big uh, apartment complex I tell you about sometimes across the street. Um people protesting for animal cruelty just about people that have dogs in the building, especially big ones. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a little crazy, but I kinda get it. Mm. And what about me? I was like, when's the next time I'm going to have a guest on this show? It's like, it's like retarded. But I just, I don't know. It's like, a, I have no time, but what am I doing? I don't even know. I feel busy, but I'm not busy. And I, it's not like I haven't called anybody and they're like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just haven't even tried because I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to do the podcast because I've been splitting up the Wednesdays and Thursdays, like, you know, mixing stuff up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm planning stuff and I'm going, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing. Is it anything fun? I think I'm having a good time. I can't tell. Tonight I knew I wanted to go to the Jets game, so I was like, I'm on the podcast, I have somebody over, and then they go, I don't know, I just wanted to get it done so I can get out. I gotta have a guest, because it's good. I mean, I love talking, and I, I would be fine never having a guest again. But let's face it, to mix it up. And I have some guests, we'll have some fun. And, and every every time when we leave, I'm like, you know who I think I'll get next week? I'm listening to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know why I keep saying that. So then tomorrow night, I can't decide. I'm like, uh, do I go to see... Sarah's performing at BAM, 
Brooklyn Academy of Music. Um, I, you know, she's got some people. She's like, why don't you come? You know, uh, Wayne Fetterman's going to be there. Liz Winstead. And I, I haven't seen those guys in a long time. It's nice, but oh, my God, if I got to sit through more fucking comedy. How do I not go, right? It's part of the New York Comedy Festival. I was supposed to see uh, Gilbert Gottfried's live pockets with Artie Lang yesterday, and something came up. Couldn't go. Frank Santa Padre was so nice. He said, come on, come on, you know. Had him on the show. He's doing really well. He interviewed Lewis Black the other day at the 92nd Street Y. He's really found his niche. It's so obvious. Yeah. He's such a good co-host, and he's such a good interviewer. He's so well-spoken. Frank Santa Padre, he's the man. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, so then I scheduled a spin class for 7.30 in the morning Saturday. I've never done that before. That's all she had available. You know, it's free. And I'm like, I got to do it. I didn't do it last week because I ate like a pig. You know, except for that Coke Zero. The fuck was that? Jody. And then Sunday night, I made a plan, right? So it ruined my weekend in a way, even though I knew what I was doing. You know, I was like, I went to see David Steinberg. And uh, I probably have a clip. I went to see, <coughs> sorry about that. I went to see David Steinberg. Here it is. He was the only American soldier during World War II to receive a medal from the German army. <laughs> from the German army? Yeah, he was a prisoner of war, and the Nazis voted his camp the most hygienic. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite great now. Lies. I never accepted that medal. I threw it back in their faces. That was just the odd couple. Um, uh, that was the David Steinberg version of the odd couple. Uh, didn't really have a lot of Steinberg. Uh, you know, but anyway, so I went to see David Steinberg um, live. This is the guy. Uh, well, let's see if you remember this one. Um, I think I put it in my regular section. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is our favorite one. Uh, let's see if we can get this here. I'm flying. Now, but that's the Jack Kennedy, but you remember this part? David Steinberg. Tie them to the mask and show them no mercy. Who's the meanest? This is uh, Martin Short doing David Steinberg. <laughs> and of course, my favorite part. But John! Me, Captain Hook! It's me! You'll be sorry, Captain Hook. Peter Pan will save us. Ooh, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. I'm tired of hearing about Peter Pan. Not only do I resent his ability to fly, but to me, John, I find his mirthful timelessness utterly obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> it's funny every time. But to me, John, I find his mirthful merriness. <laughs> I just, I just, it's just the funniest fucking thing. Martin Short is such a genius, and the SCTV is so smart. Why do they pick out John? Why, who mentions John and Peter Pan? It still makes me laugh, but he's imitating David Steinberg, who I went to see perform. It was like one-person show about his life on Sunday through my great friend Rick Newman, the legendary Rick Newman, who used to own and run Catch a Rising Star for many years, managed Pet Benatar, and uh, he's still a good friend, and he owns this place over on 72nd Street called the Triad Theater, and David Steinberg's trying out some new stuff. And... You know, he's in this classic odd couple. And if you remember, um, he also does a show on Showtime called Inside Comedy where he had Sarah Silverman as his guest. And he goes, no, I understand you played me in a version of the odd couple. She goes, that's right. My friend David Boy Juskow had a show and I played you. And he goes, and how was it received? Not well. 
so anyway, he was performing on Sunday night at 7 o'clock, right? So I made the plans because you know I need to get out of the house on Sunday. But it kind of ruined my entire weekend where I knew, oh, my God, Sunday's going to suck because I have to get out of the house. So, oh, my God, I'm such a fucking mess. Especially this time of the year when it gets dark. Fuck. It's so hard to leave. You're here all day just lying around. I'm like, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock. I'm going to be out by 7 I've got to leave by 6. It's so difficult, but I'm so glad I did it. I mean, I'm so glad I did it. And I know I'm going to be glad when I do it, but it's like, oh, it ruins my weekend. So I can think about 7 o'clock Sunday, 7 o'clock Sunday. It's the only thing I got planned. But it was great. He was amazing. He's got so many stories. Remember, he's been around since the 60s. He's the reason the Smothers Brothers show got canceled. You know, he he's... You know, because he was doing this bit about being a, a like a preacher or a rabbi, whatever it was, and it was so controversial. That's when they. But Tommy Smothers kept telling him to do it because Tommy Smothers was way cool, and he said, "No, fuck them." And uh, he's the reason they got fired. But now, you know, he's a director, and uh, you know, he directs uh, Friends. And oh, he was talking about he was directing the Golden Girls episode, and you know, I knew every episode of that show, and. He was like, directing B. Arthur. And B. Arthur was always a little tough. And I say, B, why don't you sit down when you say this? And she goes, now why in the hell would I sit down? Apparently she was really difficult to work with. It's like coming out now, like what a cunt she was, apparently. Which I, I'm so surprised at. I don't know why. I just thought, I mean, she was, I mean, she looks like she would be, you know. But I guess I was just kind of hoping it was an act. But, um. I don't know why she was so angry. Well, I guess if you look like that. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't fuck her with B. Arthur's dick. Oh! And Jeff Ross's career is born. That's how Jeff Ross, Jeffrey Ross, the great comedian, became famous at a roast one day. He said, I wouldn't fuck her with B. Arthur's dick, and it made him a living legend. That's all he needed to say. It was the funniest joke anyone had ever heard. It made sense. <laughs> It's funny and, you know, risky and edgy and uh, made him a hero, a legendary roaster. Um, it's the joke that bought him his apartment on uh, Fifth Avenue. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we saw Steinberg and it was great. And I told my niece, I was like, oh, I saw that guy that Martin Short's doing. And he goes, but John, but to me, John. Oh, so then afterwards I said, hey, you didn't tell the rest of that story because I had heard one of the stories he was talking about with the Nixon administrator and people who would do these Nixon jokes. And this guy would come and heckle him. And then the end of the joke is that he had seen the guy on the Nixon trials sitting next to Don Segretti. I think I have that right. I keep messing up that name. Um, I remember the name from all the president's men. And he didn't tell that part of the joke. So I said, well, you didn't finish the thing. And he's like, oh, my, my wife told me that. <laughs> I just love doing it. But he does kind of talk like that, so it's kind of exciting. And then I told him about the Sarah thing. Oh, that's right. The audience hated it. And I'm like, well, they hated it. It's just what, what we're seeing. Um, but that was exciting, you know, meeting somebody like that. And then, um, I don't know. So Saturday, I'm supposed to go to this. Uh, my friend uh, Christina Bornston has uh, she has a Friendsgiving, and everybody brings stuff, and she cooks. I went there last year, and I really like her. But I didn't care for the other people that were there so much. And she's really into energy, and uh, which I, I also don't care about. But, I mean, that's fine. But, um I don't know. The, the food people were bringing wasn't that good. And this year she said it's all vegetarian. So it was hot in there. I, I don't want to go. So I can't decide what to do. So I might go to the Devils. I love going there. And then Sunday, I don't know. I, I might be going to the Giants-Pats game. I can't decide. I don't have a ticket. It might be my favorite thing where I just tailgate and then go home. I was supposed to go to Long Branch. 
hang out down there with a couple of slurgs. Now, that sounds sexist, but it's actually girls backwards, so it's not too bad. Um, and that would have been fun, but that's um, been canceled. I want to talk about a couple of things in the news. <laughs> oh, look at me. Um, there's one thing. There was a, a cabbie in, here in New York that was working 16 hours and struck down an 88-year-old woman, killed her. He was working 16 hours. He wasn't concentrating. And um, he hit her. But here's the weird part. She is 88 years old. She lives on Columbus and 109th Street. Now, that is not the greatest of neighborhoods. I mean, it's not a horrible anymore, but it still ain't the greatest. You go past 100, gets a little dicey. That's Maybe it's an old man speaking, but, you know, I know where the good neighborhoods are, and I know where they get a little suspicious. And still, even though it's built up a little, it ain't great. So, in the article, it says, Luisa Rosario had been out for a stroll about a block from her home at 12.40 a.m. What the hell is an 88-year-old woman going out for a stroll at 12.40 a.m.? Can't only bad things happen? Now, I know it's New York, and everybody does go out for a stroll, but if you're 88 and you're living in that neighborhood, why don't you have a little midnight cutoff? You know? Uh, going out for a stroll at 12.40 and nobody found that interesting. You know, you're 88. Maybe your faculties aren't all there. Don't go out for a stroll after midnight. That's all at midnight. I think that's a very fair cutoff. Um, it's a little odd, right? I mean, if that was my mother, I would be like, what the fuck is the matter with you? She's like, I, I couldn't help. I couldn't sleep. I wanted to go for a walk. Well, then move to New Jersey and go for a walk there. Don't be in Manhattan doing that. Because I don't even go out for a walk. Think about this. I love walking. But on Sundays, when I can't get out of the house, I sometimes will walk around the block. But that's as far as I go because I, I, there's nowhere to go. You know, it's like if I don't have a destination, I don't want to go anywhere. And even though my neighborhood's pretty good, it's still a little risky when you're just walking around aimlessly. If you're clearly walking and heading for something, I think people get it. But if you're just kind of walking around, I don't know. It seems like people can look for trouble. You know, that they. I mean, she didn't get mugged or anything, I know, but this cabbie's a dick. Why is he working so long? But all cabbies do, but 16 hours is a little long. I don't know. I can barely drive for two hours without falling asleep at the wheel. Probably shouldn't have told anybody that. Um, So also, um, there's a... uh, The reason why I played that Harold and Kumar clip up front was because the NYPD's special victims unit there's an actual special victims unit you know not just the tv show and it's in east harlem so if you get raped you have to go to the special victims unit but it's in east harlem and apparently it's such a horrible neighborhood most people would rather not not you know talk about the rape They'd rather not go to the lineup at the SVU because it's so dangerous. The apparently the 
it's infested with flies and vermin. The path, and that's just the inside. The outside is a mess. Um, and it's funny when I was at the, you know, a technically a nice precinct here on Fifty First and Third. When I, you know, bad things happened to me a couple years ago. Uh, that place was disgusting too, and that's a a pleasant place. And I said to myself, if I ever get out of here and I make some money, and I like cops, even though they were arresting me, <laughs> but they were nothing but nice to me. I mean, I have to tell you, I, I mean, I know I'm white and everything, but they were very friendly because I think if you are, I think they meet a lot of people that aren't very nice. You know, who knows what they'll do to Quentin Tarantino if they, if he ever gets into trouble. Um, you know, I think if you're polite to them, they're polite back because they meet a lot of jerk offs. So, anyway, walking around that building, I said to myself, you know, if I ever get out of this and make some money I'm going to donate to this precinct or to some of the others because they're disgusting and then afterwards I, I was trying to get a job there I wanted to help you know all, all the city financing is just horrible somebody's got to make a move it's really bad and gross in there and I can't even imagine what this one's like in East Harlem so anyway this the, this woman uh, when the night the, when the police officer was shot recently on the FDR drive about two weeks ago do you remember because I was riding up and you know, it happened just after I would uh, parked my city bike. Um, she was about to pick out her attacker in the lineup. I'm laughing because yeah, in my mind, this is what I'm thinking of. And all the cops got the message and they all ran out and left her there. And I just kept thinking, I'm like, why not that? Why not just they accidentally turned on the light and all her attackers see her, you know, <laughs> like in the movies. And that's why I immediately thought of um, this Harold and Kumar uh, scene. What's up, guys? Multiple gunshots fired in Millbrook Park. Finally, some action. I'm going. No, I'm going. Fuck it, low. Woo! That was. That's what I was thinking. I don't know if you remember the first Harold and Kumar, and uh, Harold gets locked up, and then Kumar goes to save him, and uh, they're all, you know, just locked up, and then all of a sudden. You know, they heard some shots fired, and, and Kumar had just called it in, and those guys go crazy. Find me some action! And that's what happened to this poor woman. This is, like, not a movie. And they all run out when she's sitting there, like, I know this has been a very emotional day for you, and um, we just, you know, just take your time and see if anybody looks like the person that penetrated your vagina with their penis, which I know is very difficult for a woman. Find me some action! Let's go, guys! And then they just accidentally flip on the light. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, uh, I don't know. There's definitely a movie where they definitely did that, where they uh, flip on the light. <laughs> and all the victims see the person that's, uh, you know, accusing them. I mean, it's so horrible. What a fucking horrible thing to do to a poor woman that finally got the courage to, and we've talked about this at length on this show about how, you know, difficult it is for a woman to come out against an attacker just because you have to process it. Wait, was I really raped? Did that really happen? I mean, you got to process the whole thing. And then if you actually pursue it and go, because most of the cops realize you're not going to do that anyway, to have that happen to you at the end where all the cops just run out and leave you alone as if, I mean, it's horrible. Yes, the cop was shot. That is horrible. But this woman's going through a bad time too, <laughs> you know? And it just, it reminds me of the Terminator <laughs> you think you're safe in the police station and then I don't know that's all that went through my head and kind of was making me laugh which it probably shouldn't just because I felt bad for that woman 
And the other thing is that, um, I don't know if you've read, but Bruce Willis and Al Pacino are both on Broadway this season. Bruce Willis is doing, they're doing a, him and uh, Laurie Metcalf from Roseanne are doing Misery. You know the book by Stephen King and the movie with Kathy Bates and James Caan? They're doing a play, Misery. And Al Pacino's doing this thing called China Doll. And both of them use earpieces so they don't have to memorize the lines or if they miss a line. And uh, I don't have a problem with it, but it's but Al Pacino uses an earpiece and seven teleprompters. I mean, this guy, why, is he even, why does he even want to do Broadway? What's the point? Now, I get it because I have trouble memorizing lines too at this point, and I'm much younger than them. I just don't like it. Um, now, James Earl Jones is doing a play on Broadway called The Gin Game. He's using an earpiece, and so is Cicely Tyson, but they're 90. So, okay. And they probably just use it for just in case. So um, what's happening in Misery is that Laurie Metcalf is not using it, and she'll have a line, and then there's a pause. You know, she's like, well, um, I really like your book. Oh, th- thank you very much. <laughs> so what a dick. That's like that's the worst thing for actors, you know, how serious they take. And Laurie Metcalf is a professional. I've seen her in a bunch of stuff, and she's really, really good. And to have this jerk off, like, kind of, if you can't handle it, what are you even doing it for? But I have a bunch of stuff that reminds me. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones from Spider-Man 2. Well, I'm not really wicked at all, Cousin Cecil. You mustn't think that I'm wicked. If you are not, then you have certainly been deceiving us all in a very inexcusable manner. I hope you have not been leading a double life, pretending to be wicked and being really good all the time. That would be hypocrisy. Oh, of course I have been rather reckless. Are you glad to hear it? I am glad to hear it. In fact, now you mention the subject, I have been very bad in my own small way. That is from Spider-Man 2, one of my favorite movies of all time. And um, the scene is Kirsten Dunst is somehow on Broadway. Somehow this whore got to Broadway in Spider-Man 2. And Peter Parker finally shows up. Remember, he loses his powers for a while. He's like, I'm just going to be a regular guy. He finally shows up. She's always in an empty chair, and she's always looking. He finally shows up, and it just completely... She's fucking looking at the audience. This is the worst actress in the history of actresses. She's looking in the audience and sees him there, and she's, like, saying to him, she's, like, whispering, like, hi. And, and she's got... And then she forgets her fucking line. And then my friend Peter Forrest, who's in our football pool, is the guy that says... I am glad. He's trying to give her a line. This is great because it's a guy that I know. I am glad. And, uh, you know, it's just great that it's in Spider-Man. And uh, it's right after uh, Bruce Campbell does that thing where, you know, uh, Sam Raimi directed it. And Sam Raimi directed uh, Bruce Campbell in all the three Evil Dead movies. And so he uses them in every Spider-Man because Sam Raimi knows that Bruce Campbell's the reason he got there. And he uses them in a little part in every movie. And that one was the best one where he's just the usher at the movie theater where Spider-Man comes late, Peter Parker, and he's like, um, oh, listen, uh, fix your tie and uh, comb your hair. And he's like motioning to it. And he's like, oh, okay, can I help you? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm here to see the play. Ah, unfortunately, it's already started. He just keeps making these hand gestures like, well, uh, Mary Jane Watson told me to come, but not to come late. 
He's so funny. He was so good in Evil Dead 2. Do you remember? I don't know if you've seen that movie. You know, they did the remakes, but the remakes don't make a difference because the whole key to Evil Dead 2, which apparently people have forgotten, is that it is Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell was so fucking good in Evil Dead 2 that he's alone through 45 minutes of the movie, and when the other people join him, the movie goes downhill. When other people appear, the movie goes downhill. He's so amazing by himself. And everyone knows this because they're actually making a, a stars, I think, series called Ash versus Dead or something. His same character that he played in all three movies, they're doing a series. And without the show even airing, they've renewed it for a second season because they're really thinking it's going to be popular. Um, I remember talking to my friend, this guy Chris Trudeau, who's younger than me, and the first one he saw was Evil Dead 3. So he really liked it a lot. Uh, I didn't like it as much because I had seen Evil Dead 2 and Evil Dead 1 first. Um, so it wasn't as good. But I always say it's the same thing with like Back to the Future. Would you like Back to the Future 2 a lot if you didn't see Back to the Future 1? Because Back to the Future 2 is rather disappointing only if you've seen Back to the Future 1. But I was watching Back to the Future 2 the other day. It was on. And there's nothing funnier than the end scene with Joe Flaherty from SCTV. This is so awesome. And he comes out of the car in the rain. And he's like, excuse me. Are you Marty McFly? I got something for you. And I remember laughing in the theater so hard because it's an old SCTV bit. And clearly, Spielberg was a huge SCTV fan because he used all those guys. You know, Candy and Joe Flaherty and uh, just all those guys. He would use them all the time. And he reaches into his pocket like he's reaching for a gun. I don't know if you remember Back to the Future 2 at the very end. And that was an old SCTV bit that they used to do. So I was laughing so hard because it's definitely only for a few people. But he's so angry. He goes, I got something for you. And then he just pulls out this. It's a thing for Western Union. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I was told to be here at this exact time with a boy with your description at this exact day. And we were hoping maybe you should shed some light on this. This has been in our possession since 1885. Um, it's from the dock. I don't know why he's telling the Western Union guy. If I got that letter, I would have been like, thank you very much. And then I would have gone into the car and read it. I don't think I'd read uh, the article and the thing in front of the Western Union guy. I don't know why. And then I wouldn't have told him who it was from or what I was doing. Why would I tell that guy? Maybe he's not from Western Union. I need the Selena. Sorry. Just loves sitting on that paper. I don't know why. Oh, so, um, yeah, one of the other things about uh, missing lines, I don't know, I just had, like, a whole bunch of them. Um, oh, yeah, remember this one in uh, Tootsie where that guy couldn't, he always had to use the teleprompter? I think you'll find you picked the wrong man to challenge, Miss Kimberly. It was you who put... Look at me when I talk to you, Dr. Brewster. I don't trust a man who won't meet my eye. I don't trust it in a bank teller. I don't trust it in an insurance salesman. And I certainly don't trust it in a chief surgeon now it was you who provoked this confrontation sir you're an incredibly insensitive woman miss kimberly stop thinking of me as a woman medford and start thinking of me as a person that's what southwick general is made of people oh and have nurse crossing me immediately okay everyone push in for a close-up not, not too close. close okay hold it down. hilarious dorothy i love what you did with our scene today you used me like a tool of acting. Dorothy, does Jeff know? That guy was amazing. But remember, he could never remember his lines when they did it live. He was, like, freaking out. Um, 
What's the other one? I had another one. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, from I couldn't. I can only get this is from Mel Brooks to be or not to be, which is not a good movie. But uh, <laughs> I remember this. Greatest actor in Poland, Frederick Bronski. To be or not to be. <laughs> he kept doing highlights from Hamlet, and he would be to be, and then the guy, the prompter, would be like, or not, because he thought he forgot his line. He was just taking a dramatic pause. <laughs> it's the best example of. Uh, I'm sure Laurie Metcalf at some point is going to do that. He's going to think he forgot the line. To be or not to be. I know. Now my Brooks would. Uh, Step on his hand, the guy, you know, in that little booth on the on the floor. <laughs> oh my God, that's good stuff. That's good stuff, right? It is, right? I mean, come on, listen. So, uh, that was that. I, I mean, now, now you know, knowing that he has the earpiece in his thing, I don't want to see that. I wanted to see that play. Don't you want to see misery? It sounds like fun. But why would I want to see if I know he's got an earpiece in his ear? Especially, I was talking Mary Martin, who used to do, you know, Peter Pan. You might, um, you know, she was the first one to do uh, this one. That was Allison Williams. Oof, she was horrible. But Mary Martin, you know, Larry Hagman's uh, mother. Um she was doing a play called Legends when she was, you know, older. And she was, this is in 1986. So she was using a really primitive earpiece. You know, now it's better. And she would hear taxi dispatches, you know, like, uh, take me to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, please. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, it's like Spinal Tap when they're at the thing where they, you know, he finally uses the wireless um, guitar thing. So there's that. I'm going to skip that for another week. Let's move on. Uh, just really, I really want to kind of end. I know. You know, people like when I do a little longer, but um, I want to watch the Jets game. So uh, just uh, college-wise, remember I told you last week, Iowa. Iowa was the way they covered by half a point, 35-27 over Indiana. I was wrong on everything else. I didn't get the over on the Clemson game. I didn't, I, it, Wisconsin did not cover against Maryland. I couldn't believe it. And they uh, put out the new things. Clemson's still number one. Alabama moved to number two after they beat, L- they, they beat the shit out of LSU which was number two. Ohio State remains number three, and Notre Dame creeped into number four, which is very impressive. Of course. I love Notre Dame. I can't stand them. And it's funny, you know, this week, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm out and I'm doing stuff, and then when you see what happened, I was looking at my phone, I always look at the scores, and I'm seeing that, you know, Michigan State's undefeated, and Nebraska's beating them, and then Michigan State is coming back big, and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, because I was thinking about betting them, it was like four and a half. They were up by two scores. All of a sudden, I turn my phone on. They're up 38 to 20. And all of a sudden, I turn the phone on, and it's over. And then I look, you know, to the sports center after, and there was a controversial touchdown with 20 seconds left, and Nebraska ruined Michigan State uh, complete season. As did Oklahoma State ruined TCU's perfect season and beat the shit out of them 49-29. And uh, it's just getting good, you know? I mean, it's really getting good in those college playoffs. When they finally got it right, those are great, and it's really exciting, and it's going to be fantastic. But you got two one-loss teams in there now, which really isn't fair. So this week, um, Michigan's playing Indiana. I don't know. Michigan's still up there. It's minus 13. 
I'm thinking about it, but I think I might take Stanford over Oregon minus 10, but I don't love it. Last week, I really liked Iowa, and I don't love what I just told you. And last week, I loved. The only game I said I loved and I was going all the way on was Cincinnati minus 10.5 over Cleveland, completely covered, 31 to 10. Everything else I got wrong. I'm looking at my website, you know, where I have the office football pool, all L's, all orange L's for losses. I lost everything last week. I changed a couple Sunday morning after I was listening to that idiot, Mike Francesa. I don't know. Maybe he said something that, you know, I was like, oh, maybe he's right. And the, the, I saw the lines go up and I changed it. Oh, my God. New Orleans, Tennessee. I don't know why the fuck I picked. That was seven and a half. That was a mess. That was stupid. Tennessee won that game in overtime. New England over Washington. The only one I got. The largest spread of the week was the only one that covered. New England, 14 and a half over Washington. You knew that was happening. Pittsburgh. I don't know. I had Oakland the whole day. I loved plus the points. I don't know why I picked Pittsburgh. I picked the Jets to cover over Jacksonville. I was an idiot. I don't know why. I should know Jacksonville plays tight. Miami over Buffalo. That was a crapshoot. Green Bay over Carolina. I actually thought they would. I, Carolina, very surprising. They beat the shit out of Green Bay. I don't know what happened. I'm very impressed with Carolina. Green Bay's got some problems on the road, I guess. St. Louis, Minnesota. I mean, you know, that was, what are you going to do? Atlanta. I don't know why I picked them minus five and a half. I... San Francisco got a new quarterback. Atlanta's done. I mean, as far as picking them to win spreads, I picked Tampa Bay over the Giants. The Giants killed Tampa Bay. That was very surprising. And uh, and you know what's weird? I picked the Giants in the second half to get 13 and a half points. And before I went to see that David Steinberg thing, I turned off my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get it. And then when I looked at my phone again, I'm like, wait a minute. They covered. How? And then I saw how it happened, and it was like a last-minute like interception I just got whoa I got really lucky I can't believe Denver lost in Indianapolis I'm so upset about that I really I told you before I really wanted Peyton Manning to win that was very devastating I did have Philadelphia over Dallas because I really believed that Dallas with that quarterback they're not going anywhere and I picked Chicago for San Diego because I was only taking the points and Chicago ended up winning I don't know how the fuck they did that so this week you know we got the Jets and the Bills I'm not talking about it Obviously, I picked the judge. What am I supposed to do? Now, don't you? you now, you, the Packers got to jump back. It's minus eleven and a half over the Lions. The Lions stink. So I'm absolutely taking the Packers minus the eleven and a half. I don't care. They're down two games. They must play better at home. The Lions just—they stink. So, Packers, Cowboys, Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks, man. The Cowboys on the road? No, the Bucks are they're okay. They score a lot of points. Let's take that over, right? It's only 43. Let's do that. Uh, Panthers, Titans. I mean, I want to take the Panthers, but the Titans have been playing good. But New Orleans sucks. They do suck. They can score points. So I think I'm going to go with the Panthers on that to really kind of – but they, they always keep it close to the Panthers. I don't know if they cover the spread. It's minus six. Bears and the Rams, who the fuck knows? I don't know what's happening there. I guess they take the Bears at the points. Then the Saints and the Redskins. I'll tell you, Redskins at home. Don't bet against the Redskins at home against clearly a subpar team in the Saints. Let's take the over on that. It's 50. Dolphins and the Eagles. I guess I'm taking the Eagles, even though it's minus 5.5. The Dolphins are horrible. But the Eagles are bad, too. They're just playing bad teams and winning. The Browns and the Steelers. I don't, I don't even care. The Ravens and the Jaguars. The Ravens are favored by, uh, favored by six. The Ravens stink. I'm taking the Jaguars plus the six. The Jaguars keep 
games close. That's why I don't think we have to worry about the Jets that even the Bills are really good, but the Jaguars are a tough team. They play everybody tough. They just always lose. They're always on the losing side. The Raiders and the Vikings, I'm definitely taking the Raiders very good, but I'm taking the Raiders at home, minus the three. And the Broncos, minus six and a half at home over the Chiefs. I think they take it out on the Chiefs. The Chiefs stink. Now, the Giants over the Patriots, I'll tell you, I know the, the Patriots, probably the Giants are a thorn in their side. I'm taking the minus seven and a half. The Giants stink. They've just been winning against bad teams. So I'm taking the Patriots minus seven and a half. Why wouldn't you? And I don't care. I don't care if the Giants lose. I mean, do I want to see the Patriots go undefeated? I don't care. It's already over for me. I'm a Jets fan. And uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals, I'm taking the Cardinals. It's plus three. The Seahawks aren't good, and the Cardinals are. But they are playing on the road, and it's hard to win in Seattle, but I'm still taking the Cardinals. And then the Texans and the Bengals, how am I not taking the Bengals? The Texans stink. So I'm just going by teams that really stink and doing the best I can. Thank you. Uh, and just, oh yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that next week. I always run out of time, which is kind of great. Uh, let's just talk about TV for a second. I was going to talk about the movies, actually. Spectre made $70 million, but that was at, like, low expectations. And the Peanuts movie made $44 million. But nothing's beaten The Martian. It's made $196 million already. It's been out six weeks. The Martian. I got to see that one. That looks good. And Sarah's movie, uh, I Smile Back. It's in 62nd place. <laughs> it moved up from 63rd. It's not doing well, but they're opening it in some more theaters. Um, and it really is, you know, a good movie. Certainly not a fun movie, but it's a good movie. Oh, and they're saying uh, The Martian is directed by Ridley Scott. And I was, they're saying it's his, it's his best movie ever. Because uh, already it's made, you know, uh, what did I say? Two hundred now. Oh, lifetime gross two hundred million already. Um, so what do you think? Now this guy's made movies since seventy. Remember he made Alien, one of his first movies, maybe his first movie, and you know that was gross. But the biggest grossing movie movie up until this time was Hannibal, which I loved. Um, I loved that movie. That's what we talked about it last week with Ray Liotta and eating his brain. I love that movie. I think it's really, really entertaining and well done and very well directed. And it just looks good. So I definitely want to see The Martian. I don't recommend You know, he did Robin Hood. Oh, that was that Robin. Yeah, that was horrible. He's made, made some movies I really don't care for. But uh, G.I. Jane, for example, which my friend Greg Bella was in for some reason. I don't know. Donald Trump, huge ratings in SNL. Best in four years. And uh, Donald Trump, I mean, the guy, you know, what a horrible show it was. Did you see it? Oh, my God. What a really bad show. It was bad. Really bad. But, I don't know, got huge ratings. The Republican primary yesterday, or Tuesday, uh, again, huge ratings again. I didn't even know it was on. I was like, wait, they're having another one? How many of these are they going to have? Apparently, it was the most watched program on uh, Fox Business Channel. I didn't even know that existed. Now, look at this. For Tuesday night, the Republican debate drew a 2.4 rating, you know, which is good for Fox Business Channel. But if that wasn't on, the number one show at 11.30 p.m. on cable is a repeat of The Family Guy and Adult Swim. Gets a 1.1. A repeat of The Family Guy 
pretty much gets what Supergirl gets. A repeat. That and the Big Bang Theory. They kill in syndication. Now, the new shows, these are their rate. Like that Wicked City, it's a mess. The Player, Minority Report, Blood and Oil. I told you all that was going down. It's definitely going down. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, not doing well. I haven't been watching it. I have a tape, but don't care. It's clearly going out. Code Black, told you that was done. The Grinders, unfortunately, it's 12. It's moving to Sunday nights after Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, maybe. I think. So maybe that'll be better. I hope. You know, but they picked it up a little. You know, I'm upset. I've saved some. Those I saved up. I can't wait to watch. Scream Queens, really not doing well. The Muppets, not great. Heroes Reborn got a... Now that CBS doesn't have the Thursday Night Football, did better. But I think people are down on that show. It's not working. That Life in Pieces, of course. No Big Bang Theory intro, it's dropping. Dr. Ken is the only bonafide hit, if you can believe that. But we said that was working. Supergirl, Supergirl keeps dropping ratings. Another a half-point drop. It, dro- it lost 50% in just two weeks because it's bad. Now, I've seen every episode so far, and I don't know why I keep watching it. I really don't. I keep thinking it's going to be different every time for some reason or something big is going to happen, but it's not good. It's not good. I'm right. That's why it's dropping off. It's not good. And I don't know whether it's her. I mean, look at the facts. She had a meeting with uh, her boss, which is Calista Flockhart, as Supergirl. And she is, she's Callista Flockhart's secretary. So she's doing the Clark Kent thing. She puts on a pair of glasses. Apparently this unbelievable magazine, you know, person that, you know, this big kingpin of the newsroom can't detect that it's Supergirl with a fucking pair of glasses on because she's a fucking idiot. Now, that, I think that alone is difficult for people to swallow. I know we've been swallowing it for years, but times have changed. And now we just not that giving about the fact that Perry White is this hard-edged, brilliant newsman who can't recognize a guy who puts on a fucking pair of glasses, including Lois Lane. How do these hard-hitting reporters not recognize a guy? So nowadays, you know, we used to be okay with that. But nowadays, we're just like, are you kidding? So I think that has something to do with it. I mean, but it happens on the other shows which nobody seems to care about. Like, you know, The Flash or Arrow or any of those things, but it's not as blatant as just clearly putting on a pair of glasses and trying to fool everybody, and I think people are fed up. Let alone, there's no greatness to it. It's just not good. And she's stupid, and the way she fights is stupid, and I don't know. It's not working. Clearly it's not working, and people are dropping off. So I don't think it's going to last. And Limitless, thank God, that's working really well. Boy, that's a fun show. That is a really fun show. I'm really enjoying it. And Blind Spot is the number one. So, uh, fucking Country Music Awards, number five in the ratings this week. And the Alabama LSU game, number seven. That's on a Saturday night. That's pretty good for ABC. Supergirl was last week 11, dropped to 13. It's just dropping every week. And blah, blah, blah. Once upon a time, made it to the top 25. I guess because the World Series isn't on anymore. Although it's strange because you would think uh, Sunday Night Football. What did that do? That was the Cowboys-Eagles, right? So let's hold on. Sunday Night Football did 8.4. Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. Then everything drops. Everything drops. 8.4. Supergirl, 
2.2, and that's considered, you know, good. Once upon a time, 1.6 from an 8.4. And they they come across that. How do they stay on the air? How does that stuff happen? Fascinating, isn't it? You know what, though? I think um, I have to end the show this week. I don't know why. I'm, I got to go. I got to go to the game. Or, you know, watch again. I'm going to go to this bar. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch the Jets hopefully win. That'll be very exciting if they do. I, again, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. That's the show for this week. I don't know if it's a classic. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, putting them out there is the important thing. I think I enjoyed the first couple of minutes. I enjoyed last week's show. I listened to it. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I like it, me. So that's the show for this week. Let's see. Next week, what's happening? I don't know. I know I'm going to see Gary Goleman next Friday at the Stress Factory with my niece. Looking forward to that. Um, otherwise, I guess everything's cool. Then the week after that, Thanksgiving. Oh, my God, already? Are you kidding? So we'll give a little thanks next week. Looking forward to that. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. It's a beautiful November. Enjoy the holiday season. It is the bestest time of the year. I will see everybody next week on the Dave Just Gal podcast. Good night, everybody. <laughs>